G'day everyone, welcome to the Road Less Travelled Podcast for Season 2 in the year 2022. Unbelievable that we've made it. A warm welcome to you if you're joining the podcast for the very first time. My name is Nikki Shea, for the next little while we'll be having a little bit of a look around Goulburn in New South Wales, uh, one of our little host of destinations that we've got coming up and adventures as well in this series of the Road Less Travel podcast. To find out more about the show and listen to previous episodes, you can jump onto our website, which is fatcatmedia, P-H-A-T-C-A-T, media.com.au. Drop me an email, which is fatcat at iinet.net.au. And of course, you can interact with the show via SMS on 042-752-8467. And of course, follow us on social media with Facebook and Instagram. On Instagram, it's the Road Less Travelled Podcast 2021 is the handle. And of course, check it out. Check us out on Facebook, the Road Less Travelled Podcast. Plenty to come up with in Series 2 of the podcast. I can't believe how... It's absolutely flown by and trust that your Christmas and New Year was fantastic as well. And you had the opportunity, like many of us, to be able to get out and enjoy some parts of Australia. I know that um, there are still border restrictions spread out around the country, but if you have the opportunity, jump out there and see some fantastic things and we'll have some great episodes coming up. And as I said this week, we're focusing on Goulburn in New South Wales and it's a great little getaway to country called Goulburn. Um, It's a thriving regional city. Um, incredibly rich in heritage there's also contemporary services and natural beauty too which makes Goulburn I guess the perfect destination not only to visit but to live work and invest and you can discover tales of significant heritage and admire the works of local and acclaimed artists find adventure in unspoilt bushland cruise the region's open roads and indulge in some retail therapy at the region's locally grown produce all this is just two hours from Sydney Vicar and an hour from Canberra and just under two hours to the coast. So let's talk a little bit about Goulburn in New South Wales. One of the first things that you do notice about Goulburn, again, uh, with these older kind of uh, towns, is the fact that the streets are so wide, so ample room for caravans um, if you're towing a caravan ample room to be able to manoeuvre around some of these little smaller towns a little bit difficult with it certainly with the sizes of caravans that seem to be getting longer and longer first stop i'd certainly recommend is the goulburn visitor information center you can head into the goulburn visitor information center for local advice on creating a really memorable trip in the city and its surrounding regions it's open between 9am and 5pm weekdays 10am and 4pm weekends and public holidays it's closed on christmas day it's at 201 sloan street in goulburn and they've got email info at goulburnaustralia.com.au and also a website that you can visit goulburnaustralia.com.au they also too have a funky mobile visitor information centre it's affectionately known as Vicky. it attends events and locations in and around the Goulburn region and on board you'll find information on local attractions events and everything that's happening in around Goulburn so make sure that you check that out the visitor centre um, it's fantastic place to visit they have great parking where you can just drive through with your caravan on jump out of the car park in the shade and go in and and see uh, what you need to see and some really friendly people in there and they'll give you plenty of information on local walks heritage trails that you can do and things like that and of course the best accommodation for your particular requirements whether or not you want to be doing uh, free camping, uh, or when you want to do it in a caravan park, motel, or whatever, pet friendly if there's something available. So make sure that you do visit the Goulburn Visitor Information Centre. Can certainly thoroughly recommend that. 
and heading into gold when it is indeed stepping back in time and experiencing the past. And there's a fascinating stories of their eclectic history through the abundance of museums in the place, homesteads and stunning heritage architecture. It was just absolutely phenomenal. The region was traditionally a meeting place for many Aboriginal groups. Then in 1818, Hume and Meehan first crossed the area where Goulburn was settled. On the 14th of March in 1863, which was 45 years later, Goulburn was declared Australia's first inland city by a royal letters patent issued by Queen Victoria. Goulburn then grew strong agricultural roots from the profitable wool industry the cathedrals, um, I guess, are a short-lived gold rush too in the in the region, and the development of the rail system further benefited the city's growth. There's grand historic buildings and homes that stand today, which really illustrate perfectly how Goulburn was a very wealthy city during the 19th century. So the things to see and do in Goulburn, as I said, make sure you go to the visitor's centre, ask that same question, you'll come out with armloads of uh, paraphernalia to read through and pamphlets and directions to this way and that way, but it's uh, just a fantastic place to visit, as are all our places in Australia. You can learn about Australia's Industrial Revolution at the Rail Heritage Centre and the Historic Waterworks, and you can also feel like an aristocrat if you want and enjoy a Devonshire tea at the historic Riversdale Homestead. First stop for us was the Rocky Hill War Memorial and Museum. It opened in 1925 as a lasting tribute to the men and women of Goulburn who served during World War One. Sponsored by the community and designed by renowned architects E.C. Manfred and Sons, the Memorial Tower is constructed of concrete and clad in locally sourced stones, some of which were carried to the site by local residents who re- and also returned servicemen as part of Anzac Day commemorations in 1923. It's located on a really prominent rocky outcrop. The memorial is a must-visit with the viewing platform at the top providing absolutely spectacular views over the city and the surrounding areas. A small museum opened in the basement of the tower in 1927 to house a collection of objects from the Great War, and that included 16 items of national significance. The collection now has really grown extensively over the years and now spans uh, Australia's involvement in war from the 19th century to the current day. In 2000, the collection moved into the repurposed caretaker's cottage and in 2019, a new contemporary museum building was constructed alongside to provide really, I guess, additional exhibition and education space. The Rocky Hill War Memorial is listed in the register of the National Estate. It's open, well the lookout is open from 7am to 7pm uh, daily. The museum and tower open Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, 10am to 4pm and all public and school holidays as well. You can also do group tours too. Gold coin donation is your entry fee and it's on Memorial Drive in Goulburn. Please make sure you check that out. Another place that we checked out was the Goulburn Rail Heritage Centre. The Goulburn Locomotive Roundhouse is the largest heritage-based operating roundhouse in New South Wales and displays the historic transition from steam to diesel operation. Inside the Heritage Centre is a range of locomotives and items of rolling stock are also exhibited and you will also find that there are other items of heritage machinery and equipment relevant to the centre's history, including a significant part of Goulburn's history. And in fact, the 42-road circular shed with its 90-foot turntable, it was built in 1918. The roundhouse comprises a workshop complete with a large wheel lathe, machine shop, sheet metal shop and blacksmith's forge as well. That's open from Tuesday to Saturdays, uh, 10am to 3pm. 
You can do tours there, adults $12 concession, $8, and that's located at Braidwood Road in Goulburn. Just make sure that you check some of these places uh, for COVID restrictions as well. As I mentioned earlier, uh, the Goulburn Historic Waterworks Museum. This was fantastic. It was built in 1883 to 85, and the facility and museum demonstrates the culmination of steam power technology in the late 1800s and really the importance of public water utilities in that era. The building itself is in excellent condition and it's a really fine example of Victorian Georgian style of architecture. It contains a rare steam beam engine made in 1883 by the Appleby Brothers of London. And the museum's collection is highly significant and enhanced greatly by the bulk of the collection being located in its original site and remaining as it is, it remains functional. Additionally, the 1866 Hick Hargraves and Company Corliss valve engine is important in its own right as the oldest engine of its type in the world. These magnificent engines can be viewed under steam at certain times throughout the year too. It's home to the annual Steampunk Victorian Art Fair, melding the classical Victorian era with the industrial progress and all things powered by steam. The steampunk Victoriana Fair sees music markets, inspired activities and splendid characters wandering the grounds, complementing, I guess, to the Colburn Historic Waterworks architecture and the aesthetics of its too. It's open from 10am to 4pm. Entry is by gold coin donation. That's at um, Marsden Weir off Fitzroy Street in Goulburn. Make sure you check it out. It was absolutely sensational. And if, like myself, you're into your family history and research, I guess it's important to um, underline the fact that as Australia's first inland city, many Australians can actually trace their family trees through Goulburn and the region. And Goulburn offers several resources for visitors that seek that kind of information on the history of the area and, of course, their genealogy heritage too, including cemetery records at the Visitor Information Centre, uh, Goulburn Malwari's Library, library of uh, Local Studies Section Museums and Historical Societies. The Local Studies section provides access to a variety of resources, including the State Records Archives, resource kits, uh, historical local newspapers, cemetery records, and, and a historical photo database too. You can find the Family History section in the Visitors Information Centre um, as well, which I spoke to you about, uh, 201 Sloan Street in Goulburn, so that's where you can do some of your family history research or at least grab some information on where to go. And as I mentioned, when you're in the Visitors Information Centre, Get yourself some info on self-guided tours. Goulburn was settled in the 1820s and has since told a rich history. Today, the city's opulent past is reflected in the many buildings which have now been faithfully restored to their former glory. And when visiting Goulburn, ensure that you allow some time to really stretch out your legs and explore the historic CBD for yourself, picking up one of the Visitor Information Centre's self-guided tour brochures. Uh, this is a fantastic brochure. There's a heap of um, and a wide range of themed self-guided tours available which allow you in your own time to explore the beautiful historic city at your own pace and in your own time, including such um, tours as a heritage tour, Goulburn's Watering Holes, Historic Belmore Park, the City of Roses, there's cemeteries and rail heritage as well. And you can also discover some old tales, admire Goulburn's beautiful gardens and stunning buildings that line the wide roads, roads which once led Australia's 
Rangers, first settlers, bushrangers, pioneers and convicts to what was once New South Wales' second largest city. And uh, I can't uh, recommend that you do those kind of self-guided tours as well, um, not only of Goulburn but other places that you happen to visit too. And speaking of places to visit, Belmore Park is situated right in the centre of Goulburn CBD. From as early as 1833, it was the city's market square where merchandise was exchanged. In 1869, it was renamed Belmore Square in honour of Lord and Lady Belmore's visit to Goulburn for the opening of the railway between Goulburn and Sydney. From 1910 to 1926, the park was home to a miniature zoo. Belmore Park has been and has remained the heart, really, and soul of Goulburn, hosting a number of community activities and celebrations. Another one to put on your bucket, not bucket list, but on your list of things to, to see is St Saviour's Anglican Cathedral. This is a magnificent example of decorated Gothic architecture and a serenely beautiful place of worship. It's also the reason why Goulburn in 2013 celebrated its 150th birthday as Australia's first inland city. Royal letters patent granted by Queen Victoria on March 14, 1863 established the Goulburn Diocese. As it is, it thus became the official seat of the first bishop, which was Mr. I think it was Messiah or Massac Thomas, and by then thriving country town gained its city status. St. Saviour's is named for the Saviour himself, Jesus Christ, remains the mother church of what is now the Diocese of Canberra, Goulburn. The Golden Sandstone Cathedral is the great 19th century architect M. Edmund Blackett's crowning achievement. It was completed in 1884 and took 10 years to build around the original 1839 St Saviour's Church whose bricks from the cathedral floor. St Saviour's is by, I guess it's most richly decorated of any Australian church. Its interior with many lovely stained glass windows, ornate 3000 pipe organ, the intricate stone carving and quiet reflective soldiers chapel offers visitors from around the world a memorable place of spiritual refreshment. That is open from 10 till 4. Um, Another place too of um, I guess remembrance, it started in 1992. The MHS Remembrance Project was was and is a joint school community project in comprises of two parts. Firstly, it includes a growing collection of primarily uh, Goulburn and district military memorabilia from current conflicts back to the New Zealand Maori Wars fought between 1845 and 1872. Secondly, it's a remembrance corridor along the eastern and northern borders of the school comprised of an Australian native tree for Goulburn and district servicemen or women who were killed on active services during the two world wars and the Vietnam War as well. Riversdale Homestead, it was built in the late 1830s as a wayside inn. It later became home to District Surveyor Edward Twynham and his family, who acquired it in 1875. Appointed Chief Surveyor of New South Wales during the 1890s, Edward and his family occupied Riversdale for 95 years prior to purchasing by the National Trust in 1967. Standing within its original paddocks and outbuildings, Riversdale is a fine example of colonial Georgian home surrounded by beautiful gardens. You can enjoy the homestead's large collection of Australian colonial furniture and Emily Twynham's wood carvings, arts and crafts and shop. 
You can also visit the unique heritage home of the Hume family, descendants of explorer Hamilton Hume, containing an extraordinary collection of original colonial and Victorian furnishings and historical items spanning 160 years of Australian history. This is at Garagulang Historic Home, which was built in 1857. There's personally done guided tours throughout the homestead, and these tell the stories of its life as an inn on the road to the goldfields. The School for Sons of Gentlemen, and today as a rare surviving example of living during the Victorian era. It's set in beautiful grounds which include a 140-year-old rose um, in, is its living history. There's coaches also welcome. The grounds available too for weddings, events and B&B too by arrangement. And Marilan is a historic meander where you can visit, visit and discover and chat to a friendly local as you learn the history of this peaceful little village with the Marilan Historic Meander. This self-guided walk takes you through the streets of Marilan to uncover the history of the area and the people that came before us. The police station and residence railway station, there's also the Great Southern Garage, churches and old hotels are just some of the pieces of history that you will uncover along the way. For more information, you can email info at discovermarilyn.com.au and that is spelled M-A-R-U-L-A-N and um, it's just some fantastic places to visit and also jump onto the nationaltrust.org.au places and uh, in New South Wales too and check that out. We'll take a quick break on the podcast and be back with more of The Road Less Travelled after this. Stick around. The Road Less Travelled podcast is a proudly Australian, fiercely independent podcast hosted and produced by me, Nikki Shea, for Fat Cat Media. We receive no corporate payments, which means we rely on self-sufficient financial support. If you can and are able to, we would love you to support us via Patreon. Listen to the Road Less Travel podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio. Welcome back. This week, of course, we are talking about Goulburn in New South Wales. And some of the places that you can stay, obviously Dog Friendly is on the list for us and for our kind of travelling. It was caravan parks, and I can thoroughly recommend the Goulburn South Caravan Park. It's uh, situated in a natural bush parkland setting, and the Goulburn South Caravan Park offers a variety of affordable family and pet-friendly accommodation that delivers all the comfort and convenience of a home away from home. They've got large powered and unpowered sites, which are suitable for all types of caravans, RVs and motorhomes, whilst their camping sites are set amongst the trees, which really allows you to enjoy the bush all within walking distance of the city centre. They look forward to, of course, welcoming you. You can find them, and pets are allowed. You must give them a call for conditions. Uh, They're open from 8.30 to 6pm, that's the office, and you can find them online um, at uh, Goulburn southcp.com.au another one that you can check out is the governor's hill carra park governor's hill carra park is nestled in a quiet bush setting just 2.7 kilometers north of the cbd of goulburn Uh, it's on the highway exit and is part of the big four uh, holiday parks chain this park has curved and tar sealed roads and spacious amenities block and a laundry the biggest attraction of the park is the g-scale model railway which fascinates kids from the ages of 1 to 90 it's uh, also easy to keep the kids entertained in the playground or the games room when you enjoy a sausage sizzle with your family and friends with the use of the free barbecues on the veranda and the fully 
fully equipped camp kitchen too. This park also has a kiosk plus free wireless gov- uh, internet access too. Governors Hill Carra Park is an ideal spot for an overnight stay or a longer stay for those wishing to experience and explore Goulburn District and enjoy its hospitality. Dogs are allowed with prior management approval. You can find them out, um, check out the thebigfour.com.au and check out Governors Hill Carra Park. And of course too, there's places like Motor Inns, um, there's also Pelican Sheep Station. It's a fully um, working family farm on 720 hectares with cropping sheep and cattle. They offer two styles of accommodation, which is self-contained cabins, um, which sleeps up to six people. They've got large renovated rustic shearers quarters called the Lodge that has a large common room with cooking facilities. Um, lounges tv and a large fridge and freezer with four separate units that have two bedrooms as well and one bathroom in each these units can sleep up to six people ideal for long-term guests or large groups and they're in goulburn you can uh, drop them a line or jump onto their website probably which is better pelicansheepstation.com and why not use Goulburn as a base where you can wander the towns and surrounding villages where you get off the highway onto the road less travelled to experience the charm and I guess unique character of the towns and villages which surround Goulburn. In particular like Marulan, or I think my Marulan might be it Nikki, you idiot, M-A-R-U-L-N. L-A-N. It's the only town in the world that is situated on the 150th Meriden, which is used as the basis for Australian Eastern Standard Time. Did you know that? I bet you didn't. There's a sculpture depicting this interesting fact, which is located in the town centre. Um, is it? We'll go, I'm going to call it Marulan. I think I can't remember how they pronounce it. Marulan. It features historic buildings dating back to the 19th century with the township steeped in history, including stories of bushrangers holding up traffic travelling north to Sydney from the southern goldfields. There's a self-guided tour of the historic area which is available and you can find more on Discover Marulan. Oh, Nikki can't put a sentence there. DiscoverMarulan.com.au. There we go. Bungonia. <laughs> Bungonia district was settled in the early 1820s with the Bungonia cave system, which are some of the deepest caves on the Australian mainland, being discovered in 1829. This little village is the gateway to the Bungonia National Park, celebrated for its uh, beautiful views with uh, effortlessly accessible lookouts and walking tracks to cater for all fitness levels. The Windalama is a rural community with an active progress association that hosts monthly markets and a historical society which operates a small museum housed in a replica building of the 1880s school. Talong is the original settlement of Barber's Creek that was renamed in the early 20th century after an Aboriginal word meaning spring of water. Highlights for visitors include the stunning views of Morton National Park, which is especially, uh, I recommend you see the Shoalhaven Gorge and the river seen from the Long Point and Badgeries lookouts. The district's early development owes a lot to the hard labour of the convicts, with some of their constructions still surviving today. At Taurang, you well, that was a major penal establishment which drove the construction of the Great South Road by chain-bound convicts. Many of the remarkable constructions are still seen and accessed today with a self-guided Taurang stockade brochure available from the Goulburn Visitors Information Centre. Lake Bathurst is situated south of Goulburn along the Tourist Drive 8. Lake Bathurst it is an uh, attractive tree-lined village with significant 19th century buildings that remain in good condition today. 
at Tarago, just down the road. It's home of the Loaded Dog Hotel, established in 1848. It was a meeting place and a safe house for many bushrangers, and much of the hotel's original stone, brick and wood of the era remain. Nearby is the old Woodlawn Mine, which is given life today as a uh, bioreactor. Tours of the Woodland Bioreactor, like Bathurst and the Village Museum and World War II fuel stores, can be arranged at the uh, Goulburn Visitors Information Centre. You can arrange all those sort of little tours there. And as I mentioned in the intro, Goulburn is not that far from Canberra and the region Tablelands, I guess we'll call them Tablelands. And it boasts an impressive variety, this area of really world-class food and wine offerings, an eclectic heritage and art scene and a really diverse range of outdoor experiences. And they're all waiting to be explored. The Upper Lachlan was well named uh, as the Shire of Villages. Upper Lachlan is dotted with picturesque townships along the Great Dividing Range, each with their own stories. The major township of Gunning, uh, Crookwell and Tarolga offer visitors an excellent base to explore the countryside, caves and waterways. The Hilltops region uh, includes Young, Harden, um, Murrumbah, uh, Jugiong and Burua. This area yields some of Australia's finest food and wine. Through wide open country and intimate valleys, the towns and villages offer visitors just fantastic heritage buildings, a varied retail experience for shopping enthusiasts and the warmth of country hospitality, as does the Yass Valley. This is bursting with wonderful experiences and these guys have a proud heritage connection to early rural Australia, as well as a modern and well-known food and wine offering, a thriving art scene and boutique shopping too. Touring around Yass Valley is an experience not to be missed, I can thoroughly recommend it. Exploring the region's beautiful historical towns and villages of Yass, uh, Gundaroo, Murrum Bateman and Bowning is sure to captivate the young and the young at heart. I can thoroughly recommend that, as well as the Quimbian region heading east out of Canberra. That's where you can really discover the emerging food and wine region of Quimbian Palarang, um, with essential stopovers at the oppressive galleries of um, Bungendor and the historic main street of Braidwood, surrounded by many opportunities to explore explore the great outdoors so much to see and do around this area and plenty of accommodation options as well Now, as we drove into Goulburn, on our left-hand side was quite a formidable-looking building, and it had um, big signs out, keep out. It was the abandoned Kenmore Insane Asylum, which uh, for some reason I knew is undoubtedly haunted, of course. It's an abandoned insane asylum plagued by mysterious deaths, murders and rumours of malpractice, and it's pretty much some, like something out of a horror movie. I don't know where I heard the story, but... Um, I don't know, digging around somewhere. I tend to dig up um, historic buildings and there's always a ghost story. I get creeped out, but hey, as I said, it's like something out of a horror movie. Instead, it's the murky history of one of Australia's most haunted places, Kenmore Insane Asylum. Opened in 1895, uh, the once Grand Hospital now lays abandoned on about 75 hectares of land situated uh, just outside of Goulburn. One of the first facilities of its kind in Australia was considered the jewel of the medical community as it began with a small intake of only a few dozen patients. That quickly expanded with people being committed from anything ranging from promiscuity to postnatal depression. As the hospital's patient size grew, so did its notoriety. 
Shock therapy was a common tool used to treat homosexuality at the facility, along with other offences such as frequent <clears throat> loving oneself. I don't want to use that word on the podcast. There was um, eight separate rooms used for the noisy and violent patients, which soon became nicknamed nicknamed the wet rooms. Why? Because the rooms and their occupants were hosed daily. Wandering the empty halls, fingernail scratches can apparently still be found on the backs of doors within these rooms. Then there are the mysterious deaths. In January of 1902, 41-year-old patient Henry George Bailey committed suicide at the facility by ripping apart the restraints used to tie him to the bed and turning him into a makeshift noose. He hung himself from a window shutter and was discovered by an attendant. Almost two decades later, 24 patients, 21 more patients died in an influenza pandemic at the asylum. By the end of August 1919, two female patients, 19 male patients as well, had passed away due to the illness that swept the facility. Just three years down the road, tragedy stuck, struck again in a, perhaps the most famous case to haunt the hospital's history. Richard Sindel was a 24-year-old soldier who had been committed to the institution after suffering post-traumatic stress disorder following his service in World War I. During his time there, he became convinced that the hospital staff were out to get him, with the conspiracy centering on Dr. Charles Moffat. During his leave, he returned to the hospital in December 1922 with a loaded gun. After finding Dr. Moffat on a veranda, he shot him once before the doctor fled through the grounds with Sindal in hot pursuit. During the chase, he ran into a group of nurses and fired indiscriminately. Nurse Norton was shot twice in the chest, dying at the scene while another narrowly escaped death after he shot the bonnet off the top of her head, bonnet being hat. The hospital manager leapt into action, taking a gun from the hospital safe and shooting Sindel himself. A wing of the hospital was named after Nurse Norton and a memorial statue placed at St John's Orphanage for boys just down the road. According to its locals, it's said to be just as haunted as Kenmore. The grisly murder wasn't the last of it. In October 1929, another patient, Monica Scott, who was 32, she slit her own throat by using the glass shards of a broken window. The orderly who discovered the young woman is said to have been traumatised by the event. Yet the hospital seemed to to refine its footing with some 1,400 patients housed during the peak in the 1960s. Services didn't wind down until the early 2000s, with the massive collection of buildings now left empty and abandoned. Even with a historic museum nearby which homed artefacts of the asylum, it's wound down operations with exhibits being loaned out to the National Museum of Australia and the Powerhouse Museum. Now only visitors to the empty grounds are those brave enough to go on a guided ghost tour. Now Anthony Lakoff says, oh it's haunted. There is no doubt in my mind or anyone else's, once you've visited that place it's kind of like Australia's Bermuda Triangle of haunted places. The Sydney accountant's grandmother was once a nurse at Kenmore, which first sparked his interest in the asylum's colourful history. He's visited Goulburn Landmark over a dozen times, twice in 2014 and many times since, on ghost tours and a private tour by a former orderly. Now this Bermuda Triangle of haunted places he's referring to includes the nearby orphanage St John's and a girls' orphanage of St Joseph, which is also abandoned and unmistakably creepy. Now, although there have been countless plans to redevelop and develop all three sites, for the meantime, they remain empty. Windows have been smashed, graffiti emblazoned along the walls and the hallways scattered with debris. 
Now, what other secrets Kenmore Insane Asylum may hold are a matter of a state record with other files of the activities in the facility said to be released in the coming years. Ghost tours, I don't know, would would you do one? I'd like to hear from you. Would you do a ghost tour? Um, there's plenty of them available uh, in Melbourne in particular. There's after dark tours you can do of the uh, CBD and following history. Um, I don't know if I'd do one. I get a bit creeped out. Drop me an email, fatcat at iinet.net.au. That is the creepier side of Goulburn or the, the spookier side of Goulburn and uh, many, as I said earlier on. Many places have uh, old abandoned buildings and there's always a ghost tale, isn't there? That brings us to the end of this week's podcast and the end of our visit to Goulburn in New South Wales. Trust you've enjoyed it. Love to grab your feedback on it or as again, if you've got upcoming trips that you've got planned, we'd like to hear from you. Please drop us an email, fatcat and iinet.net.au. Don't forget to follow us on social media on Instagram and Facebook and of course check out our website, fatcatmedia.com.au. My name is Nikki Shea. You've been listening to The Road Less Travel and I hope to catch you out there very soon. Talk to you next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. This has been The Road Less Travelled, a podcast about travelling and camping on the road. Written and hosted by me, Nikki Shea, produced by Fat Cat Media. If you have enjoyed this podcast, we'd love you to leave a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Even better, please leave a review. Any comments or questions, please email fatcat at iinet.net.au And to be notified on the new episodes, make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed. We'll be back with a new episode next week.